0: This is The Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest, a free-for-all forum, with faith community leaders wrestling over the truth. -ah. In less than one half hour, learn more about what really matters than what most others learn in a week. -ah. The Faith Debate is on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com, keyword faith. Are you ready for the clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Let's get ready to rumble in this corner, weighing in with a Master of Divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the Faith Debate Master of Ceremonies, oh, yeah. <laughs> Troy Skinner. Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. Uh, as the announcer said, I am Troy Skinner. And if you've been listening in recent weeks, then it's not a surprise what I'm going to say, but you might not have been listening in recent weeks. You might be wondering why we're still doing what we've been doing in recent weeks. So with all of the, you know, government imposed restrictions and other related restrictions, doing a panel discussion show with a bunch of strangers coming into the the, the building, strangers to most of the people who are in the building, not strangers necessarily to me, although sometimes I'm meeting them for the first time they're on the show. Uh, it's just, it's tough to, to, uh, to keep everybody uh, within whatever the particular rules that are in place are supposed to be to do a panel discussion show like ours. And so I've been repurposing some audio that uh, I've used as part of the church I'm involved with, Household of Faith in Christ. We're online, by the way, at householdoffaithinchrist.com, and uh, taking stuff that we've done as Bible studies and sermon messages and group discussions and repurposing some of that audio in, from recent months, well, really over the past year or so, into the faith debate. Um And tackling, you know, hot topic issues and that sort of thing like we do on the faith debate or tackling difficult to comprehend and and come to grips with theological concepts as the Bible teaches them, which is what the faith debate does. So it's still true to the spirit of the show. It's just not really a debate per se. Now, as I'm saying this, there are still all sorts of restrictions and government-imposed mandates and and, and other sorts of guidance that uh, limits what we can do. By the time this is airing, maybe that's over uh but I had an opportunity to get into the studio uh today when nobody else was going to be around and just and just knock out a whole bunch of shows to kind of set the table for a period of time so that by the back end of all of this hopefully all of this recording I'm doing today hopefully we can get back into our regular routine of how we do the show so on our regular calendar as we look ahead you know we we just had mother's day and and now it's we're coming up on father's day and we spend some time addressing what the biblical idea of father fatherhood is and so we're going to do that this week and we'll see uh how much of a run we get here it might be just this week but if there's a lot more uh that was said earlier that i think would be good to reincorporate into what we're doing here on the faith debate then we might do a biblical look at fatherhood spread out over two weeks we'll kind of have to see uh how that how that goes but uh, oops, what am I doing here? Pressing the wrong buttons. Now, yeah, here, let me press the right buttons now and take a look at the biblical view of fatherhood on News Radio 930 WFMV. Again, thanks for listening to the Faith Debate. So today is Father's Day, otherwise known as a Hallmark holiday uh there's a lot of good reasons to have a day such as father day hallmark holiday or not it's a good thing for us to recognize the importance of fathers and to uh, give them their respect and that sort of thing to honor the position of fathering and, and mother's day too and all of that i'm a little bit concerned that it's been designated to a day if you pay attention to what happens in pop culture uh you know homer simpson in the simpsons is a father who's a bumbling fool and that seems to be kind of the norm in a lot of movies, TV shows, commercials. The dad is always kind of out to lunch and isn't given a lot of honor by our society and our culture today. And yet we set aside this one day where dad gets a new tie or socks or gets to have a barbecue where he probably cooks the hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill and those sorts of things. And that's all it's all fine. Just the, the, the belly aching I'm doing and not for me because I happen to be a father. But the belly aching I'm doing is that really 365 days and in leap years, 366 days a year, uh, fathers should be honored and to designate it to a portion of the calendar and just one day, uh, really a short shrift. But before we get into why it's important mm-hmm. and, and what it means, biblically speaking, to mm-hmm. honor fathers, I think that what gets lost on a day such as this are the examples of fathers that are less than honorable. Uh, I know of a father who drank way too much, way too often, uh, would beat his wife, would kick his dog down the stairs, who would throw plates across the room, would make excuses for his behavior, an absolute wreck and died before he was 30 because of his liver giving out from all of his drinking. What are we to do with a father like that? Um, I know of a father who couldn't wait to get out of Dodge fast enough after a child was born um, to him, to father, uh, abandoned the, the scene, lickety split. Uh, I know a father who did nothing affirming or positive for his daughter, leaving her with self-described daddy issues later in life. What are we going to do with that father? Um, I know of fathers who have... I know we have a, interest, a, a mixed audience here. Um, who have taken liberties in uh, inappropriate ways in the privacy of a bedroom that uh, cannot be honored and oftentimes nobody knows that those things were happening they happened in secret and the rest of the world looking on would think that that person was honorable when in fact they were not uh we have fathers who are disloyal to their wives and carousing and cheating on them and and maybe uh whooping their kids whether they deserve it or not (laughs) um being emotionally distant and manipulative and damaging and scarring um Mm -hmm. I know fathers who fit all of those descriptions, and you probably do too. I know fathers who have been embroiled in illegal activity, and, and eventually those illegal activities caught up with them, and it wasn't just them, but the entire family, including their children, pay a price for that. Uh, I know other fathers, though, who you know they're generally good fathers, but even they have their their issues. Maybe they. Uh, made some very poor parenting choices that did some damage. It took years to recover from and heal in the relationship with their children. Or some fathers who are controlling, even though they're even though they're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and still trying to control the lives of their children when their children are married and have kids of their own in their 20s and 30s and 40s, and they and they have inappropriate roles and pressure. Um, and the list could go on. So what are we to make of those fathers? Well, let's see, first of all, what the Bible says about fathers. And I'm going to go to the Ten Commandments. They're in the Bible a couple of places. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. And verse 16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you on the land which the Lord your God gives you. So, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Now, if you understand how the Ten Commandments are structured, there are two uh, commonly referred to as tables of the law. The first table are the first four commandments, and the second table is the last six commandments. And the first commandment is understood by a lot of theologians to be the... The the primary command of the first table from which the rest of that table points to. So we're to honor God and have no other God before him. And then all the rest of that table connects to that. And then similarly, the second table, the first commandment on that table is honor your father and your mother. And then the rest of that table is... Connected to that particular command believe it or not because the first table is love God The second table is love your neighbor and loving your neighbor begins in the home begins with honoring your father and your mother If you can't honor your father and mother, it's hard to See that person who doesn't honor their father and mother honoring others. There are exceptions to the rule But generally speaking if somebody's kind of a jerk out in society, they're probably a jerk with their parents and if somebody seems to be a pretty upstanding, good, respectable kind of person out in society, generally they're a pretty good, upstanding, respectable person towards their parents. Rule of thumb, there's nothing real ironclad enough you can kind of get the gist of it. So this is an important and critical command. All of the Ten Commandments are important and critical. Uh, but this one kind of represents almost like an umbrella, if you will, for the rest of that table. So what does it mean when it says honor your father and your mother? What does honor mean? The Hebrew word there for honor is kavod, and it has to do with with glory and weightiness. It has to do, so that goes with your joke about the book and and gravity. So honor means to give weight to, all right, to give proper and due respect to. Uh, So if somebody is the president of the United States, that's a weighty title deserving of honor commensurate with the weight of the position. If someone is, you know, the king of England or the queen of England, there's a lot of weight with that. Somebody's the pastor of a church, you know, the pastor, that's a that's a, a title and a position that carries with it weight and influence. Well, same with, with parents and fathers. Fathers, the title father uh, carries weight and importance. And so we should, we should regard them in that way. That's why one of the reasons become a trend over the last 20 or 30 years for some reason, but you know, you run into more and more people, it seems to me, who they refer to their parents by their first name. That's not sinful, per se, so I'm not going to go that far, but I feel like there's something missing there, and there's a missed opportunity more than anything, because as I've heard uh, one pastor say it, everyone, the pastor who said this, his first name is Kevin, and he said, the whole world can call me Kevin. Only my children can call me dad, can call me father, can call me papa, whatever. And so you're robbing yourself of an opportunity to share in a unique relationship that the rest of the world does not share by calling your parents by their first name for what it's worth. But so there's this weightiness that's to be given to fathers and mothers. There's honor. Well, what does that mean? There was a lot of talk about this the last few months with relation to the government, and the government was shutting everything down. A lot of people said, well, we need to obey the governor, we need to honor the government, respect the government, we need to do whatever they say. That's what honoring means. Does it? Well, let's go to Romans. We could go to other places. Proverbs 3 would be a place to go. But well, we're going to go to, as an example, we're going to go to Romans 13 and verse, uh, I'm going to start here. We'll go with verse 7, 13, Romans 13, verse 7. Render to all what is due them: Tax, to whom tax is due. Custom, to whom custom is due. Fear, to whom fear, it's unspoken, but fear is due. And honor, to whom honor is oh, yeah. due. So you're to render to all what is due them, And those who are due honor we should render unto them the honor to which they are due. So, in the examples that I threw out there about some of these fathers that I know about, and that you can have your own stories about these fathers who didn't act in very honoring ways, what does it mean to honor them? What sort of respect and honor are they due? Well, let's start with the fact that they are someone, if, they're, if, if they've had a progenitorship, if they had offspring, if they have children, they are a father by definition, and by definition, fathers deserve some form of honor just out of respect for the position, for the weightiness of the title of father. So you hear this sometimes in politics, the the, the 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 president might be, uh, and not I'm not talking about the president we have now necessarily. Any president, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, you know, George Bush, you know, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, well, whoever the president is, they might behave poorly, and we can point that out and say the president is behaving poorly. And yet, so often you say something like, "Yes, but I I want to bestow honor for the office of the president." And so we need to have honor for the office of fatherhood, if you will. There's, there's a certain amount of honor and respect that is due to anybody that has that title. But if a president doesn't behave presidential, then there are mechanisms for voting them out of office, for impeaching them and removing them from office, for pushing back against their policies through protesting and advocacy and those sorts of things. Uh, and the same is true with fathers. If a father is a deadbeat drunk, then you can say, I don't mean any disrespect to him as a father, but I can't respect the deadbeat drunkness of what he's all about. I need to call that for what it is because truth is truth and there's no honor in not speaking the truth to a situation. To call something that uh, is, that is not, or something is not that is, that's not honoring. Um, it's enabling uh, we're going to talk about the race relation thing hopefully next week but in black-white relations it can be tokenism if you're going to give somebody a position merely because you're trying to show them honor but they haven't earned it they don't really deserve it the truth is they don't deserve it but you give them to them anyway out of some sort of sense of guilt or obligation that's dishonoring it's tokenism That's not. so we don't want to have a, a tokenism mentality towards fathers that haven't earned respect and honor based on their decisions and their behaviors. And yet we don't want to undercut the legs out of what fatherhood and parenting is all about. Look at what is this, what has happened in our society, for example. And I don't want to make it about the color of somebody's skin. Just look generally economically. Look at the plight of inner city poor that are they're 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 destitute, not just financially, but they're destitute of hope. And and they're destitute of hope because they feel like they're destitute of opportunity because they have become dependent on welfare and provision from others outside of their family. You know, the nanny state, as some uh, like to wag a finger at at controlling governments are. And you can look at it, I guess, again, I want to make it about race, but I think it's a good case study. Black families in the United States in the 40s and 50s the percentage of those families that were not intact, meaning children raised in black families in the 40s and 50s in this country, uh, only uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of those families didn't have both parents in the home. And now here we are, 60 some, odd, you know, 60, 70 years later, 60 years later, and it's not 10 or 20 percent uh, that have a failure to have both uh, parents in the home, have a father in the home, because it's usually the mother that's that's the single parent raising the kids. But now the situation is between 70 and 80% of black families in America have both parents. And again, in almost every case, it's 70 or 80% that have the single parent have a mom, no father. And what has happened to that part of our community, to that part of society, They've lost fathers and replaced it with government. And so we're not giving the fathers the respect and the honor they're due. We're telling the fathers they're not necessary, they're not needed, they're in the way. Because if the father's home, they don't get as much help from the government to help them get through a tough time. And so what's meant to be a safety net becomes a snare, becomes a net in which people get entangled. And so we need to lift up and honor fatherhood as an institution, and we need to lift up and honor individual fathers at least in their positional authority as a father the office of father at the very least needs to be honored and respected even if they don't behave like fathers uh, are supposed to behave Now, some fathers they make mistakes and they learn and they grow and they get better and we can move forward and we can understand that our fathers aren't perfect and they sin and yet we can offer them grace and forgiveness and move forward and not and, and not have to call it out because the father's calling it out in their own lives or they have other people in their lives that are calling it out and they're addressing it. And then you have fathers that go completely off the rails and they can't get their life back together for a period of time, but then they finally hit rock bottom and they're able to rebuild from there. It might take them a half a dozen years, a dozen years, 20 years of really working hard, but. They, as a father who's 50, is a very different father than when they were 25, and you can honor and respect the growth that they've made. You don't forget and excuse what they did when they were in their 20s or in their 30s, but you put it in context and frame it in a way that says, you know what, they were a rotten father, but they've become a good father, and... My father recognizes that about himself and I'm going to honor him for that too. He recognizes the truth about himself and he has grown from it. And I'm going to celebrate that with him. And I'm not going to hold all that baggage from the past because he's moved on and has progressed to be more Christ-like as my father. And then there are other fathers who never get it together. And they're living a life of brokenness and lostness Mm. and confusion and destruction and we still want to honor the office of father we still want to give respect to that positional authority while at the same time honoring them or honoring others around that satellite, the orbit of that person honor the truth by saying positionally I honor that man as a father however I have to Acknowledge the failings and, uh, and not mask them, um, not make excuses for them. Um, to internalize them in such a way that you can call them what they are, because if you don't acknowledge someone's sin, it's hard to forgive that person for their sin. You can't extend forgiveness to somebody that you won't admit in your own in your own mind in your, that they've wronged you. So you have to come to a place where you're willing to acknowledge they have wronged me, and I'm going to extend forgiveness toward them. So you have to have a, a reality, a realism. I, 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 one of the examples, probably in more than one case, that I use these these kind of generic broad brush strokes. I had specific. Fathers in mind when I was throwing some of these broad brushstrokes out, and in one case, one of the fathers was an utter disaster, one of the worst fathers ever. And he's now, and, and he, and he can't make amends because he's not alive anymore, and he is held up by so many people that were part of his life uh, as a hero, as somebody who was almost angelic, could do no wrong, mm-hmm. and that's not honoring because it's not true you're not now i'm not saying you only want to talk about all the bad things you can talk about all the bad things and and choose to emphasize some of the good things but don't ignore the bad things because those bad things did a lot of damage to a lot of people and so if you want to live in la la land and pretend that they never did anything wrong that is hurtful and dishonoring to the others Who were damaged by that behavior? They need to hear you affirm that they have a struggle from that damage that was done. For you to say there was no damage done is dishonoring to them. We want to honor everyone, and we honor everyone with the truth. And if they're still alive, we help them. We honor them by helping them recognize their own dishonoring behavior, so that they can be called to repentance. And again, if they if if they're not around anymore, they've either disappeared and you know, maybe they're still alive, but they're totally out of the scene and, and aren't a part of anybody's life, right, or they're or they're, they've died. Then oh, there's, there's no way to have any sort of a restoration. But there are people that, again, were impacted by that. And you need to honor them by being honest about um, all of the destruction that they left in their wake. We're going to pause there and some audio interference on this one, a little bit in the background there, particularly toward the end. I apologize for that. What you're listening to on the Faith Debate is some audio that was recorded during a uh, group discussion that the Household of Faith in Christ, a church uh, that I lead, uh, was having, uh, talking about biblically honoring fathers. And there was a lot more that was said. And so I think maybe what we'll do is we'll do kind of a bridge show next week. So the first part of next week's show, we'll finish our thoughts on biblically honoring fathers and then um uh, we'll, we'll get into what we're going to be covering for a couple of weeks after that which is what the biblical view on race is i mean that is a hot button issue if there ever was one uh, these days right so we're going to cover that as well so we'll finish our thoughts on fatherhood next week and then we'll get into begin to get into the the uh, quote-unquote race uh, question uh, the the divide between blacks and whites that uh, dominates uh, our culture uh, in so many ways right now. And what does the Bible say about that? Um, you can find us online at WFMD.com. Go to the Faith Abate page. You can find links to the podcast and see what shows are coming up and which shows uh, most recently aired. Get a description and, and see what tickles your fancy. You can also go to the Audio Vault section of the website. Uh, our Facebook page carries all that stuff. you know has links to the podcast and that sort of thing. And if you want to follow me on social media, you're more than welcome to. You. I'd love that. I, I, if you follow me, I'll follow you. Um, I post all my audio and video stuff on Facebook. I'm also on Parlor and MeWe and Gab, I spend most of my time actually on Parlor and Mewe, so you can connect with me there. And I would encourage you to check out the the website that uh, we brand new website, Household of Faith in Christ. Household of Faith in Christ. Dot com. Uh, and you're going to find all sorts of information that's related to some of the stuff we talk about on the faith debate and all the things that I do with the, pe- the the church there, the Household of Faith in Christ church that I pastor. And if you're interested in being a part of a house church, give me a holler. We can talk. Because that's what we're doing. We're doing a house church at Household of Faith in Christ. Till next week, thanks for listening. 167 and a half hours from right now is when we'll return. Till then, God bless.